So, this morning we're going to be thinking about prayer. Um, For those of you who don't know me, I'm Rachel. Um, I'm going to be talking to you this morning. And it was really sweet. Anna just leant over to me before she left the room and she said, can I just pray for you before you do your talk? And I just thought, oh, that's just so God's heart that in every situation we lift things to him in prayer. So prayer is a gift. It's a gift that we might struggle with at times or might wish we were better at, but it is a gift. If you think about the alternative, a God who could not or did not want to hear us, a God who abandoned us to face life on our own, just think how awful that would be. Prayer then is precious. Last week we read in John 17 how Jesus did not pray for us to be taken out of the world, but to remain in the world. Prayer is the means by which us remaining in the world doesn't mean separation from God. If we step back a moment and think back to the beginning of the Bible, it begins with no separation between man and God. They walked together, they spoke face to face. How amazing must that have been? And that was God's intention for all of us. As we know, Jesus' death and resurrection was necessary to restore that relationship after Adam and Eve were sent out from God's presence. Prayer, then, is what helps us in this interim phase before we will once again be with God face to face in heaven. In the meantime, prayer is our best option. It's God's gift to us while we are in this world. Sometimes it's wonderful and sometimes it's hard, as we see in Psalm 63. In this psalm, David is thirsty for God. He's desperate to connect with him. It says that David is in the desert, a place of discomfort and pain. He's presumably physically hot, and thirsty, no doubt he also feels extremely lonely and isolated, and he turns in his agony to God, coming to the realisation that without God he is nothing, and he needs God's presence desperately. He thinks back to better times, he's used to connecting with God when he's worshipping in the temple, but now he's physically separated from God. In the desert he's far away geographically from the temple where God dwells, He's deprived of his usual way of connecting with God. And I can relate to David looking back at better time in his faith. I can look back at times when I felt closer to God or when I actually found it harder to stop praying than I did to find the time to start. There are times in life when we feel like we're in a desert-like place in our spiritual life. Our problems seem larger than we can handle. Our relationship with God seems difficult or missing something perhaps we feel we're not growing or making progress. I want us to think for a moment then about our own prayer lives, Um, but first I want to invite Tari and Martin up. I'm going to ask them a few questions. (laughs) Is this microphone on? Hello? So, Tari, thinking about your prayer life, what are the challenges for you? Um, Distractions, um, either my surroundings or things that are going on in my head. Mm. Yeah, 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 I think that's common. What about the joys of your prayer Um, life? The comfort of knowing that I'm loved and I'm known by the God that I'm praying to um, and that is there all the time. Mm. It's never, like out of office. Yeah. (laughs) It's good to know, isn't it? You never get that bounce back. God is not available today. Um, And then what helps you in your prayer life? 
So I've learned that when I get distracted, to ask for help from him, from the Holy Spirit. Um, some of the things that are going on in my head, rather than just dwelling on them and getting more stressed, I tell him that I'm really finding it difficult to pray mm -hmm. because I'm actually thinking about this. And I just then tell him what it is that I'm kind of going on in my head. So it sounds like you kind of treat prayer as you do a conversation with any other kind of person yeah, in your life. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, great. Thank yeah. you. And then you can sit down if you want, Martin. And for you, thinking about your prayer life, what are your struggles? What are your challenges? I suppose I was going to say the challenges are, um, you know, making time for God. But it's actually, well, it's actually, it is. It's not finding time. It is making mm -hmm. time for God because I think you know we all, you know, uh, there's plenty of time in the day if you choose to do that. And I think sometimes it's just finding those times um, when you know you can actually just be with God and sometimes that's more difficult when you've got lots of little people around and uh, and yeah. so on in the house um, so sometimes it's good just to get out and be somewhere away from uh, away from distractions so that's yeah. what helps you in your prayer life if you're not finding the time yeah I think so it's just sometimes you know, one thing I do like to do is and uh, it's not always easy to find the time to get out for a walk and actually just get out sort of somewhere in the countryside um, where there aren't the distractions of cars going past and uh, mm. other people and so on, just to actually be able to just, just you know, talk to God and actually, you know, listen to him uh, when there aren't distractions of everything else coming mm. back to you from, from around you. Great. And then what are the joys in your prayer life? Uh, I think the joys are, are actually, you know, one joy is actually knowing that I've handed things to God. I think that's a big joy is actually mm. knowing that, you know, it's, I'm not on my own. You know, God's there and I've handed those. But I think other joys are actually being able to pray with other people, you know, at, at our life group, um, you know, other times pray, praying with people and actually being able to um, see that. And, joy, and one particular joy is, you know, when you actually see prayers answered and actually see things that you've been praying for actually come to fruition, mm. um, sometimes many months or years later yeah. on. It's a huge encouragement though, isn't it? Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> it's good to know that we're not the only people that struggle in these things, isn't it? We're all in a very similar boat. So I wondered for you, just um, spend a moment thinking, how would you rate your prayer life if naught would be a non-existent prayer life and 10 would be a kind of Jesus-like prayer life? You don't need to tell anyone else. You know, normally we say, well, turn to your neighbour and discuss this. Just in your head, just think, where would you put yourself between naught and 10? Just be honest with yourself. It's good sometimes to evaluate these things, isn't it? I was thinking about this last night, thinking, I kind of feel like mine's about a three or a four. It's definitely not where I want it to be. So at times, prayer can be full of joy or it can be challenging. Uh, with this in mind, I've tried to come up with some practical ways to overcome some of our struggles or difficulties. So firstly, I thought, plan when and where you're going to pray. Although you can, of course, pray anytime and anywhere, if you leave it up to spontaneity, you may not pray. It doesn't need to be the same time every day, but maybe try to plan ahead so that you don't just get to the end of the day and find that you didn't manage to fit God in. It's good to schedule a time and a place when you can be alone. As Jesus tells us, it's helpful to go away by yourself, shut the door to your room and talk to your father in private, away from distractions. It's what he often did himself. 
And I get what Martin was saying. It's not always easy to find time alone, particularly if you've got young children or lots of distractions. And I remember when my kids were little being told the story of Mrs. Wesley, the mother of John and Charles Wesley, who gave birth to 19 children. I mean, her house must have been so full. She had no private space to withdraw to. Often in those days, you shared bedrooms. Um, but she was said to just sit down on the kitchen table and put her apron over her head, and the kids knew not to disturb her. I mean, I don't know that mine would have been disciplined enough to leave me alone, but, um, you know, as we know, her, her children were really quite godly. I've been known um, to have time with God in the bathroom. <laughs> um, it's actually the reason I took up running, was to go out on my own, get, alone, get time alone to pray. And I personally pray a lot late at night when the house is quiet, and we see in Psalm 63 that David did too. Uh, you might like to make yourself a prayer space like this one. This isn't mine, by the way. I wish I did have a prayer space like this. I've, I've been inspired by this idea for a while, and I've never quite got round to making the space in my home for it. Um, but you just, it's where you gather all your things to pray. You might have some things on the wall, sticky notes of Bible verses that have spoken to you or a prayer that you've seen somewhere else. Um, there are always some in the chapel and there's a few bits and bobs um, out in the reception place as well. Secondly, prioritizing time with God. One obstacle um, is remembering to pray or setting aside the time, just like Martin said. You might try to put God in your diary or set a reminder on your phone. I quite like the idea of putting him in my diary. I've noticed, because I share a diary with Matt, he schedules in his quiet times because otherwise his day gets full and he'll give that time to something else and that's his discipline to make sure that that time doesn't get eaten up. Uh, you might like to have something like a key ring or a prayer stone, like this one on the screen, to remind you. Keep it in your pocket, and every time you touch it or you see it, it reminds you to pray. Uh, my mother-in-law has photos on her kitchen windowsill behind her sink of all the people that she wants to remember to pray for. It's finding something that works for you. Often, though, it comes down to a choice of how to use your time. It comes down to discipline. Like brushing your teeth, you build it into your day. And if you think about that habit, we're in the habit of brushing them twice a day because we don't want dirty teeth, we don't want smelly breath, and we know that it's important to prevent decay. And we also know that if we don't keep that habit, we're going to end up with problems. Shola would be the first to tell you that. And likely, we would then have to spend a fair bit of time and money at the dentist. Prayer too, like brushing your teeth, just needs to become a habit, something that you can't do without. There are lots of helpful apps available, these are some of the apps that I use, and I'm going to touch on some of them as I go. Maybe something else needs to disappear in order for you to prioritise prayer. If you find that you spend a lot of time on social media or you spend a lot of time reading, maybe decide that you'll pray and read a bit of your Bible before you pick up your phone or your book. This past week, after a discussion at our life group, I deleted a game from my phone I hate to confess this to you, but I realised how much time it all added up to when I was praying it in spare moments here and there while I was waiting in the car for the kids or waiting for the dinner to cook or if adverts came on the TV, you know, pick it up and have a little play on it. And this week, when I would otherwise usually have played it instead, I've tried to pray. My phone tells me that my screen time usage, this is awful, is down 65% this week. So imagine how much my prayer time has gone up by. 
So I encourage you, take an honest look at your day. What takes up time in your day that you could reallocate to prayer? Probably you don't have 65% of your time like I did. (laughs) Thirdly, we need to pause to listen. I understand that prayer can seem one-sided, but God does want to speak back to us. Like Tari said, we never get an out-of-office reply. I'd encourage you to keep a pad of paper and a pen with you. You can ask God questions. Maybe start with a question like, what do you love about me? And then just jot down whatever comes into your mind. It may be your own thought, or it may be his. Really, if it's something encouraging about yourself, it's more likely to be, well, if you're like me, it's more likely to be God than you, because I don't often think encouraging things about myself. But I find if I write it down and I look back at it later, it's easier to discern whether that was me or him speaking. There's a lot more that I could say about listening to God and really too much to fit into this talk. But Matt and I have put together a guide on ways to help you hear God speak. And if you'd like a copy of that, just let me know and I can can email it to you. Or alternatively, there's going to be a series of three workshops on how to hear God for yourself and for others coming up in February. And there'll be more details about that coming out this week. But I really encourage you to sign up for that because it'll have a lot more time Um, Fourthly, what pattern do we use? If you don't know what to say or how to start, try a pattern like thank you, sorry, please. This is what we taught our kids. You start with a thank you, you say sorry for the things that you have done wrong that you feel bad about, ask for God to forgive you, and then you you present your request to God. You ask him for whatever you need. The Lectio 365 app, the one on top right, which probably a lot of you are familiar with, is a really great kind of perfect 10-minute devotional time, and that uses the pattern pray, pause, reflect, ask, and yield. And I really like to use that in the morning when I'm in a rush. I just put it on and I listen to it as I'm getting ready. You don't have to use particular language or words. You don't need to sound like anyone else. I think when you come to church and you hear someone at the front doing the intercessions... Sometimes they pray spontaneously, but often they've given a lot of time to the wording and they've prepared it and they've written it out. And you might hear someone else pray and think, oh gosh, I don't sound anything like that, but you don't need to. Like um, Tari, you know, you're just having a conversation with God. You just need to talk to him about what's going on and how you're feeling. If you find your mind is totally blank, um, and actually I'm struggling a bit to find the words to pray at the moment, there's nothing wrong with using pre-written prayers. You could just start with the Lord's Prayer or find some online. I love this series of books. Um, I started, I bought The Power of a Praying Woman, but actually there's, as you can see, there's a lot of, there's a whole series of them praying for your husband, your kids, your wife, obviously if you're a man praying for your grandchildren, that kind of thing. And there are chapters in these books on every aspect of your own life or your spouse's or your children's, obviously, depending which book you're reading. And at the end of each chapter, there's a pre-written prayer, like this one, and they're all on different elements or different topics in your life. Um, And I've just found them really useful in the past to structure my prayers a bit. Maybe you find, um, like... Tari said that you get distracted or lose focus. I know I certainly do. And using pre-written prayers would help with that too. You could try having prayer lists, praying prayer lists, <laughs> lists of different people on different days maybe. Jot down all the things or the people that you want to pray for and that will keep you on track. The Inner Room app is one that I use. Um, 
It takes a bit of time to set it up at first, but then it will send you um, prayer reminders or help you to know what to pray for. As you can see, there are different topics for yourself, for your friends or family. There's things like praying for the world and the government. There are suggested prayers on there as well. Um, I've put some of these bits and bobs in myself, which is the bit that takes time, but there are kind of suggestions on there as well. You can set it to a particular prayer list. You can put in, you've got five minutes. You put in five minutes, then it will just bring up your prayer lists. Um, and I just find that's a really good tool when I've, like this week where I was just sitting waiting for Anna, I thought, right, I'm going to pray. And that helped me. Um, praying out loud will help you stay on track. I don't know about you, I feel a bit silly praying out loud and talking. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to myself in a room. But we know from John 17 that Jesus prayed out loud at times, and it really does stop your mind from wandering. Also, I thought, you don't always need to use words. You could try silent prayer. This is something that I've been trying recently. It's simply letting your prayer be a silent being there with God without any need for thoughts or words. I just relax and I let myself become aware of God's presence and then sit with him for as long as I feel inspired to do so. Um, I use the app Centering Prayer for this. Um, it plays a beginning um, sound and an ending sound and you just put in how long you want the silence to be for. And I say something like, I say um, a little simple phrase. I say half as I inhale a breath and half as I exhale, something like, Lord Jesus, show me you're here. And I just repeat that a few times to get me started. And then I literally just sit in silence. I find the app helpful really so that I don't have to open my eyes and like keep an eye on the time. Um, and I'm kind of surprised when it plays the ending sound. And I think, wow, was that really three minutes? Um, and actually, I'm kind of working up. At first, I found like two minutes of silence seemed really long. But now I find, gosh, that really wasn't long enough. I also thought prayer can tie into whatever you enjoy doing, your passions or your hobbies. You can connect with God as you use the skills that he's given you. Talk to God as you work. Talk to him about whatever you're doing or anything that's on your mind. If you're walking or running, you could pray for the places or the people that you're passing. It's a nice time to think as you're doing it, talk to him or let him speak to you. And finally, we need to persist in prayer. Often, prayer isn't easy, as David found. Sometimes we feel discouraged. Sometimes we're not feeling it. Sometimes our prayers don't seem to be being answered. Perhaps you feel discouraged in your prayer life. Have you prayed for the same thing for so long that you've given up asking? Jesus knew that we would lose heart. We might pray for the same thing for so long that we start to question if God was listening or will ever answer it. But Jesus doesn't want us to give up. He wants us to keep going anyway. And it struck me when we were singing um, the worship song, that rise up. Let something in your spirit rise up against the despondency and the lethargy. Don't sit in it. And it says later on in Psalm 63 that David clinged, he clung to God. Cling to God and don't let go. And it kind of reminded me of when Jacob is wrestling with God and he's like, God, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. We need that same persistence in our prayer life. In the story of the persistent widow, Jesus says, God's people cry to him night and day. God will always give them what is right, and he will not be slow to answer them. I tell you, God will help his people quickly. And I always think if it's something that Jesus said in the Bible, it is definitely, definitely true. So cry out to him, rise up against your situation, pour out your heart in prayer. 
God knows what's best for us and he's listening. We don't need to be afraid to keep asking.